Captain's log, Stardate 5442.8. First Officer Spock and I have been directed to act as Federation representatives to discuss conflicting claims to the metal-rich, uninhabited world of Star WWB-7. We are proceeding on course to the neutral world of Pomflens to meet with Ambassador Koft of the Klingon Empire and Envoy Vendes of the Romulan Sphere. Enjoy yourself, Captain. I understand Pomflens is a very appealing world, but be sure and let the Klingons and Romulans know where we stand. I'm afraid we won't have much time for the former, Mr. Scott. This is strictly a business trip. Besides, the Romulans agreed to this meeting, provided all participants remain within the confines of the Pomflensian off-planet mission. Which means no sightseeing and no waste of time. I might have known you'd look at it like that, Mr. Spock. Mr. Scott, I did not know you exhibited tendencies towards telepathy. Ah, haggis. Mr. Kyle. Yes, Chief? Prepare for beam down. Are you ready, Captain, Mr. Spock? Ready. Ready, Chief. Energize, Mr. Kyle. And greetings. I'm Captain Kirk of the USS Enterprise, and this is Mr. Spock, my first officer. How fairest thou, Captain? Call me Amalod of the Bureau. I represent the government of Pomflens. Ambassador Koft and Envoy Bendis await you in the conference bubble. I have been directed to escort you there. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Klingon Imperial representative Koft has displayed much temper. Sounds like Koft, all right. The other Federation representative is already here, too. Other representative? Amalod. We know nothing of another Federation representative to this convocation. Dearest me, his credentials appeared quite in order. What's his name? Spratt, I believe. Jack Spratt. Odd name. All Terran names are odd. What is oddest is that we were not told that Starfleet was sending a third observer to the conference. Peculiar indeed, Mr. Spock. I... We're here. Gentle sir. And I tell you, Vendiz, this is merely another of the slimy, unmentionable subterfuges that the Federation employs to... <laughs> Captain Kirk, Mr. Spock, so delightful to see you again. The feelings are mutual, Koft. Yes. Well, allow me to introduce First Officer Cattell of the Imperial Battle Cruiser Avenger. 
Mr. Spock, Officer Cattell. <coughs> Morning, Vendors. I almost didn't recognize you. I am not offended, Captain Kirk. It is our claim to the world known presently only as WWB-7 that I wish you and your government to recognize. My assistant, Subaltern Wuonks. Uh, yes, yes, now that we all know each other. As I was saying, just before you joined us, Captain Kirk, the Empire appreciates the speed with which you have acted to rectify this deplorable, unnecessary little spat. <laughs> Hopefully, everything can be resolved to everyone's satisfaction with as much speed as possible. Well put, colleague. To that end, I presume to open formal negotiations with a traditional toast. An exceptional local vintage, I am told. I took the liberty of determining in advance that it would be both tasteful and palatable to all of us. To the successful apportionment of rights. To a rapid resolution. To truth. Spock, you enjoyed it. I didn't think you cared for alcoholic beverages. Protocol, Captain, required. Now, to business, gentlemen. I'm sure that you, Vendiz, and you, Kirk, immediately see that... A moment, Mr. Ambassador. Really, Spock, considering Koff's temper, do you think it wise to interrupt him already? I call your attention to the back of the room, Captain. What are you two muttering about? The back? Oh, I see, Spock. You there. Come out where we can see you. Who, me? You're the only other person in this chamber. Are you supposed to be a representative from Starfleet? My name's Spratt. Uh, actually, I'm more of a neutral observer. Kirk, what's the meaning of this? That's what I'm trying to find out, Mr. Envoy. Neutral observer, hmm? For whom? Captain, never mind. The Pomplensians apparently accepted him. Let's get on with this. That face. What are you mumbling, Spock? Nothing. Oh, all right. Look, Mr. Spratt, I don't know who you are or what you're doing here. But if you took advantage of the Pomflensians... The notoriously backward people. Polite. That's what I said, wasn't it? That face. Captain, I know I've seen that face somewhere before. Uh, let him stay. He can do no harm. I, too, wish to proceed to a speedy conclusion of the conference. That's right. Go right ahead, gentlemen. I I'm just here to observe. Well, if you and Koft are both willing... As I was saying, gentlemen... It is well known that the Imperial Klingon claim to WWB-7 is totally without foundation, based wholly on rumor and a highly unlikely landing by a drunken scout pilot. It has no real legitimacy whatsoever. Captain, request permission to return to ship. I require a full medical checkup. My hearing appears to be going. No, no, Spock. I think I heard it too. Mr. Ambassador, did you just say what I think you just said? I... I merely said we have no solid claim to the world in question. We don't. I mean... Excuse me, gentlemen, I, I don't feel very well. Vendiz, perhaps you'd better go ahead. If you wish. It doesn't matter anyway, since Romula has absolutely no proof that the wandering prospector who put in our claim to WWB-7 actually made Planetfall. In fact, he probably made the whole story up on orders from... On orders from Great Mother of the Egg, what am I saying? Something very peculiar happening here, Captain. It may be to our advantage, however. This might be a good time to state the Federation's position. Since there seems to be some confusion on the part of both the Empire and the Romulan hegemony, let me say that the Federation's claim is valid under subsection 6 of the Treaty of Malb. Of course, everyone knows that the treaty is of dubious legitimacy and... And most peculiar. 
Ambassador Koft, Envoy Vendors, if you two bloodsuckers are agreed, I... You're over, Kirk. However, under the circumstances, I don't excuse you. I mean... Why don't you both return to your ships for a little rest and shoot yourselves? Exalted one, permit me to say that's not a very diplomatic statement to make, especially for an idiot like yourself. What, did you say, Subaltern? Uh, why, nothing, Exalted One. I, I only called you what you are, an idiot. I, I like to place myself not under arrest. Noble sirs, control yourselves, though I know it's hard for members of backward species to... That face! Stop that man! Stop him! Let me go! I haven't done anything! Mr. Spock, have you gone mad? Mad indeed, Captain. Have we all? I don't know what you two are up to, but statements have been made in this room which could be regarded as an act of war. That's because you're so full of hot air that... Captain, before further damage is done to the conference, I suggest everyone keep quiet. Everyone except this person. I didn't recognize him until he tried to slip out. Why don't you relax, Mr. Quince, and tell us how you've managed to sabotage this gathering. Sabotage? I have no idea what you're talking about, Mr. Spock. Be assured I will report this to... What did you call me? My name is Spratt. Quince. Coriolanus Quince. I've heard that name before. Somewhere. What does this mean, Captain Kirk? Who is this person? Coriolanus Quince. Mr. Spock, the same Coriolanus Quince who promised to double the grain output of Demosthenes IV and ended up turning the entire crop into gas-producing weeds that made everyone who got near them giggle uncontrollably? The same Coriolanus Quince who planned to quadruple the water supply of the desert world of Quetar and ended up changing the entire existing supply into jello? The same Coriolanus Quince who... The same, Captain. The same. Captain Kirk, would you please explain what's going on here? I know how lazy and incompetent you are, but that is... It's all right, Vendez. None of us may be responsible for what he's saying. This imposter here is responsible for nearly destroying at least three Federation colonies in the past ten years, not to mention numerous other unmentionable acts of destruction. I have simply tried to exercise my talents to make the galaxy safe for the quiet, the peace-loving... The meat. Especially for Coriolanus Quince. Kirk, please. Mr. Quince is a well-known, notoriously known, one might say, inventor of undeniable genius and distorted motives. Or rather, undeniable motives and distorted genius. His intentions are good. His results usually devastating. Oh, well, a little bug here, a little bug there. I've had some bad luck, I'm afraid. Bad luck?! Do you call turning the entire water supply of a world into pink gelatin bad luck? There was a polymerization factor involved that could not be foreseen. You have a brilliant mind, Quince. Your trouble is that between imagination and execution, something gets lost. But not this time, Mr. Spock. The drug has proven itself completely successful. Witness the course your conversations have taken. Drug? What drug? Kirk, if this person has poisoned us... What did you do, Quince? I spiked that ceremonial bottle of wine you all found so tasteful, gentlemen, with my clear potion. Clear potion? Anyone who ingests it is forced from then on to tell nothing but the absolute truth. By the Imperial Charter, what a fiendish idea! Kirk, do you realize that if the secret of this drug is made widely known, modern diplomacy as we know it will be rendered impossible? Indeed, governments will collapse. 
While I don't think the effect on the Empire and the hegemony would be all bad, I agree there are dangers. Obviously, this conference can't possibly proceed to a satisfactory conclusion. I move we adjourn to a future date. I now call a new conference together. Subject, the time and method of execution of a human known as Coriolanus Quince for crimes against civilization. Give him to Romulus. There can only be one just end for the perpetrator of such a horrible plot. I disagree. As first to suffer damage, the Empire claims the right. Besides, we can make his passing last longer. Really, gentlemen, I didn't think... What harm can a little truth do? What harm can a little truth do? You were right, Kirk. This person is criminally naive. A little truth? It could bring down all business, all government, destroy the civilized galaxy. Those aren't the things that worry me, Quince. It's the little things. So many personal relationships require, oh, not really lies, but tiny evasions, little subterfuges. You understand? Yes, I understand. Which would you rather have, Quince? Peace and little eyes, or truth in constant war? You've got it all backwards, all of you. It's not like that at all. No? Try some of your own potion and then tell me again. I... I'm not thirsty. Give him to me, Kirk, and we'll finish him and his invention once and for all. No. Romula claims the right. I don't wish to have to disappoint you, gentlemen, but Federation law states that as a Federation citizen, Quince must be tried by his own people. I really can't protest, Kirk. You're absolutely right. I mean, the Grenish. You mean despite the Federation's laxity in such matters, you're not going to let us have him, even though it wouldn't be legal and proper? You see, gentlemen, the potion does have its little uses. Bah! I now declare this conference indefinitely postponed. Envoy Vendiz, Captain Kirk, I bid you both a miserable afternoon. The most pleasant scene to you, Ambassador. God. We didn't expect you back so soon, Cap. Who's that with you? His name is Quince, Mr. Scott. And if he tells you he can triple our speed, don't let him anywhere near the engine. Captain, I beg of you, let me spread truth throughout the galaxy. Sorry, Quince. Not at the expense of hundreds of millions of misunderstanding lives. It's a beautiful dream, but sometimes dreams and reality don't coincide. Mr. Sulu, I'll resume command now. Lieutenant Uhura, contact sickbay. Dr. McCoy to the bridge. Won't be necessary, Jim. I started up as soon as I heard you were beaming back. What happened? Tell you later, Bones. What do you know about advanced truth serums? A little? Why? Dr. McCoy does not have the experience necessary to discover an anti-serum anyway, Captain. Uh, never mind, Bones. It seems we won't be needing you after all. Nothing personal, Doctor. I know you could do it, but I was able to say otherwise. It appears, Captain, that the effect of the drug is only temporary. I knew those protein chains couldn't be that stable. What is this, some kind of a game? I've got work to do, Jim. Sorry, Bones, it was no game. Speaking of instability, we still have the question of what to do with Mr. Quince. Well, I've been considering that very problem, Captain. I'm afraid we're going to have to let him go. What? We can prohibit him from manufacturing his clear potion. But no one was injured by it, and there seemed to be no harmful after effects. Therefore, he has committed no crime. What about ruining the conference? We cannot prove that the conference collapsed solely because of his potion. I see. All right, Quince, you heard Mr. Spock. We're getting off lightly this time. 
But I'm warning you personally, and you better know I'm telling the truth, that if you show your face anywhere in my patrol sector, I'll serve you up to Coft and Vendiz. Mr. Sulu, escort our guest to the brig. We'll release him at our next planet fall. Come along, Mr. Quince. You'll hear from me again, Captain. I'll be back. The galaxy hasn't heard the last of Coriolanus Quince. I'm going to save it in spite of itself. I'm going to... What do you think, Mr. Spock? Have we seen the last of that pest? No, Captain. I'm very much afraid that he was telling truth. This will be the first time we've ever met one in person, Mr. Scott. But from the records I've reviewed, they're supposed to be remarkably good-natured and friendly. Greetings. I'm fine, Bones. What makes you think anything is... <laughs> Wrong! Sulu, Uhura, everyone on the bridge is laughing themselves silly, and I can't see what's funny about it. I've tried everything in our anti-bug arsenal. Our most potent poisons don't even make them sleepy. And while I'm sure you'll get along fine with your Meijis, your councilship, we have no desire to share them with your people. Captain, the angrier you are, the harder the Meijis move. For better or worse, we're stuck with our emotions. I hit it again. Have a second ship to threaten their function in the Delta part with amusement? Now don't you see, Jim, that's it. 